You're listening to the serial podcast production of Hidden Things, written and read by Doyce Testament. This is episode 18, brought to you by Kickstarter backer Joanne Burroughs. Dusk comes early to a town that lies directly against the eastern face of a mountain range. By 4.30 in the afternoon, the streetlights were already brightening. Atop the rocky slab that gave the town its name, the lights of several radio towers winked in the gathering dark, like sentries. Calliope and Vicus climbed the steep incline of the hill from which the massive stone formation rose up pulling themselves along in places with handfuls of chaparral that dotted the rugged slope. Tell me again, Calliope said as she pushed herself along, why we're doing this? The cold night air burrowed into her lungs. The region was only a few spring thunderstorms away from officially being a desert. Throw in the fact that they were right alongside a mountain range, at night, in the first part of November, and Calliope was certain that she was, at that moment, as cold as she had been in the last ten years. She hadn't missed the sensation. We need to lose whoever's following us, Vicus said between breaths. Calliope was perversely glad that, uncomfortable as she was, she wasn't the one suffering the most from the climb. That means need to jump. Jump? Calliope's gaze traveled up the nearly vertical cracked stone face that rose above them. I don't think I want to lose him that bad. Vicus could barely get enough air to chuckle. Not that kind of jump. We need to find a way to... He shook his head. Ask me once we get to the top and I had a chance to puke. Calliope nodded and kept going. The ground was loose and almost sandy near the base of the rock itself. Vicus sat on a flat stone, his hood up and his head lowered between his knees, his breath hard but steady. His hands were tucked into his midsection, and, in the dark of the new moon, his silhouette looked like nothing so much as a nesting bird, with skis tied to its feet, Calliope thought. Aloud, she said, You ready to go, Iron Man? Vicus made a deep, grating noise in his throat that made Calliope cringe, then spat noisily. Oh, yeah. He spoke directly to the ground. I'm fantastic. Top of the world. Kill me when all this is done. He leaned back and tilted his party-colored face toward the clouded sky, inhaling shallowly through his nose. I'm really too old for this crap. Move now, bitch later, Calliope said. I'm freezing. Vicus threw her a glare that almost seemed to warm the air around her, but he got up. You sure you're ready for the next bit? I don't know. What are we doing? Calliope's tone was clipped, reflecting the tension she felt whenever their trip took a stranger turn. So far, those twists had not been in their favor. Vicus's expression was unreadable. Someplace else, he replied, picking up a small, sharp stone and walking up to a deeply shadowed crevice in the stone. He glanced back, and Calliope moved to join him as he bent and drew a line in the sandy dirt that stretched from one side of the crevice to the other. Then standing, simply stepped over the line and into the shadows beyond. He vanished utterly into the darkness. Calliope watched the crevice for a moment but saw nothing. What the hell, she muttered, then stepped over the line. 
Borders are important, Vicus said in the close darkness. If you can't find one, make one. In the face of the stone wall in front of them stood a small iron door, limed all around its edge by a flickering light whose source had to lie somewhere behind it. Calliope looked back to where she'd just been standing and gasped aloud. Down the slope of the hill they had just climbed, the lights of the city had vanished. Not really, said the small voice in the back of Calliope's head. There's just a lot less of them. What? Calliope's voice trailed off, robbed of all forward momentum. It felt to her as if every time she got used to the way things worked, someone dropped the ground out from under her. Welcome to the Hidden Lands. Vicus banged on the door. The portal swung open almost immediately, spilling torchlight into the crevice. A squat, bow-legged figure peered up at Vicus's face without surprise, although his bloodshot eyes widened almost comically when he turned to Calliope. Oi now, what's this? The thing nearly shouted, turning back to Vicus. We don't like your kind around any sight. And these... He jerked his bare, misshapen head toward Galiope. For other things. A dim spark of intelligence flared in the depths of his muddy eyes. Or did you bring us a present, Painface? Calliope knew exactly what a goblin looked like now. She also knew why they had been forced to hide. She wanted to beat this one bloody already. It was instinctual, a long-forgotten imprint flaring back into life. Okay, Vicus, she said. Every time you take me to meet someone new, I want to kick their ass into their throat. It's getting old. The goblin snarled. Vicus glanced over his shoulder at Calliope and stepped directly in front of the twisted guard. I am Vicus, Calliope heard him say in what she had dubbed his on-the-job voice. I seek audience. The goblin frowned, obviously puzzled by the shift in mood. Uh, what's she got to do with it? I am her guide, Vicus replied in the same tone. The guard's eyes twitched in surprise to Calliope then back to Vicus. He pulled himself more erect, which almost seemed painful. Uh, all right? He frowned and thought again. Finally, uh, what's your purpose of... He squinted. What are you here for? Trade, Vicus said without hesitation. The goblin snorted. Ah, oh, you should have said that at the first bit. He glanced at Calliope and cleared his throat. I mean, uh, uh, come on in and be, uh, welcome at the Keep of the King. It's not Weathertop, Calliope thought. It's Goblin Town. They followed the bobbing gait of the goblin as it descended into the hill. Its skin was a mottled gray-green that hung in wrinkled folds from its twisted, raw-boned frame. Nice friends you got here, Calliope murmured. What are we trading for? Travel, Vicus said. Their king can arrange to get us further into the Hidden Lands. If we can arrange to do it quietly, we'll lose the guys following us. And we're going to offer what for this? Vicus glanced at their guide. These guys like to have bits of human culture. It doesn't even really matter if what you have is valuable. They're like pack rats. In the shadowy light of the torch, Calliope's eyes widened as one tiny piece of the puzzle her life had become dropped into place. Oh! Vicus glanced at her. What? That's what you've been grabbing all those jelly packs at the restaurants. 
You must have been planning this for a while. Um, Vicus frowned, shaking his head. No, I just really like jelly. Calliope blinked. Oh, sure, that makes sense. She scanned the walls as she tried to recover her train of thought. You can deal with magic and monsters, she thought, but petty shoplifting leaves you speechless? Come on. She cleared her throat. What, what were you going to use for... She paused, looking at Vicus, whose face had twisted into an expression she could not interpret in the near dark. What's wrong? Vicus shook his head, obviously struggling with some internal conflict. Suddenly, with a shock of expelled air, he burst into a low chuckle. Calliope stared at him. You were joking, she said. He nodded, still laughing. The goblin glanced over his shoulder. Oi! Shut your soup hole! Calliope ignored him. The jelly is for the trade. Again, Ficus nodded. Calliope turned away from him. Asshole, she said, the sting of the word stolen away by Ficus's redoubled laughter. <laughs> I just... I, I just... Ficus gasped out. I just... I really like jelly. <laughs> His words dissolved into another laughing fit. Calliope elbowed him in the ribs to no effect. He was still chuckling quietly to himself when they arrived in the main cavern of the Goblin King. So, Calliope thought as she blinked back tears, this is what being buried in a giant cat box is like. Reminds me of your pepper spray, Vicus murmured, his laughter all but faded away. Calliope could only nod. She didn't want to risk taking the deeper breath that speech would require. There were few torches burning in the room. The light, such as it was, seemed to come from clumps of glowing matter that had been smeared in strange patterns on the walls and floor. The goblin they had followed was taking a great deal of pleasure in his suddenly increased importance. Leading them across to the center of the nest-like cavern, he announced their arrival by banging on whatever bit of metal or hard plastic could be made to clash or thump, and calling out, Vistas! 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 at the top of his cracked voice. By the time they crossed a quarter of the cavern, others had begun to stir, which only seemed to make the stench worse. Their escort led Vicus and Calliope up to a recessed alcove in the far wall of the cavern, into which a threadbare recliner had been jammed. An almost childlike goblin perched in the large chair, its stick-like legs jutting straight out from the front edge of the seat cushion. A tin crown smeared with filth tipped precariously on its head. It... He, rather, Calliope amended, was quite clearly naked except for the crown, and licked his lips lasciviously as they approached. Shek, the crown goblin said in a high and surprisingly clear voice. This, uh, yes, my lord? Shek managed a clumsy bow. Shut it, the king said. Shek opened his mouth to speak, but at a glance from his liege, clearly thought better of it. The king turned back to Vicus and Calliope. You have come to trade, Flatfeet? The king asked Vicus. Vicus executed a stage bow, flamboyant and graceful while simultaneously foolish. Indeed, king of the earthkin, we seek to travel further into the hidden lands to which your home is a noble gateway. He raised his face to meet the shrunken monarch's gaze. We also desire secrecy, which all know only the earth lords truly master. He bowed to the throne again. The emaciated thing atop the chair dipped its head, its eyes half-lidded. Calliope couldn't decide if he was trying to look wisely thoughtful 
or regally bored. What do you bring in trade? he asked. Vicus swung his right hand low, bringing it up the left side of his body and across his face. As he did, packets of Smuckers and Knott's Berry Farm jelly tumbled from the hidden space behind his fingers and dropped into his waiting left hand. The crowd pressed in around them made appreciative noises. Foodstuffs from the land beyond, he said, his voice brazen and set to carry. Reflections of the rainbow, fuel for your finest forges, fit only for a king and his most loyal followers. The king nodded, a sad parody of a potentate in his flabby and wrinkled nudity. He fixed his eyes upon Vicus. Truly, the jester's talents are not exaggerated. His oil-slick eyes flicked to Calliope, then back to Vicus as he licked his lips. No, he said. His high voice somehow carried the length of the cavern. Vicus froze, caught halfway through an acknowledging bow. No, Highness? He straightened and raised an eyebrow, motioning with one hand to stop a movement that Calliope hadn't realized she was about to make. If I may presume to ask, why do you decline? I think I can answer that, Vicus, said a voice behind them. First, though, I'd like you to secure Miss Jenkins for me. Calliope spun to face the speaker, already recognizing the voice. A few dozen feet away, Special Agent Walker's sharp, saturnine expression seemed to glow softly in the place's pale luminescence. Anger overwhelmed her surprise. Unless you bribe these guys to help you, Walker, I think the only thing that's going to happen right now is a righteous ass-kicking. Walker smiled, and Calliope remembered again how much that smile had bothered her. He opened his mouth to speak, shook his head, and pulled a gun from inside his coat. Why am I on the ground? Who tripped me? Calliope was having trouble breathing. She tried to get up, but couldn't quite get her balance to shift forward. She looked up and saw that Vicus was standing over her, tried to tell him to help her, but couldn't get the words out. She tried rolling over, but her right arm wouldn't work. He used a spell on me, Vicus, like that one you did on Lauren. Help me. You didn't have to shoot her. She heard Vicus say to someone past her line of sight. Calliope couldn't remember to whom he was talking, which was strange because it seemed like it should be important. He shot me? I thought... And then she didn't think anything at all. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hidden Things Audiobook Podcast. This DRM-free production was made possible by the Hidden Things audiobook Kickstarter backers and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 license. As always, watch out for the Hidden Things. Thank you.